This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Alrighty, welcome back to Brojo Online. And today we're going to dive into the specific nature of honesty. I recently did a survey for people pleasers and one of the key things that kept coming up is that they said that they were honest people. And yet very shortly after that in the survey, they clearly marked the dishonest things that they did on a regular basis. So there's a discrepancy here. They say they're honest, and yet they quite happily admit to very regular acts of dishonesty. What's going on? So today we're going to look into the biggest lie you tell yourself, and that is the lie that you're an honest person. Today is going to be all about how people think they're honest. And because they believe that they're honest, they're missing the key truthfulness that will actually allow them to have the real connections and the really authentic, thrilling life that comes from having integrity. See, when you tell yourself a lie that you're honest and it prevents you from really being honest, then you'll never get out of that trap because you'll never see the cause of your problems. You will never see how your regular daily deception disconnects you from others, keeps your connection superficial at least, how it prevents you from going for what you want and asking for what you want, how it prevents you from setting boundaries and creating you know, a space where you can exist without feeling unsafe. All of these things you're missing out on if you don't know that you're being dishonest. I mean, for me personally, one of the most painful lessons I ever learned was just how much I fucking lied because I thought of myself as an honest person and I didn't realize that I had strategically deregistered certain actions from the dishonesty metric in my mind and because of that I didn't realize how often I was being deceptive. So especially nice guys and people pleasers do this a lot. Uh, but also very nasty people will use the similar process to get away with acts that would otherwise leave them feeling too guilty to even live with themselves. So overall, what we're, what we're talking about today is a guilt removal process that goes on in the back far reaches of your mind and your brain. For many of you in the subconscious, you don't even see it happening. And so you're not even aware that you're lying to yourself. But I promise you, you are. We all do. So if you don't think that you do, then you need to be listening to this, because we all do. What I'm going to be talking about here is something that Dan Ariely calls fudging. Now, he's a he's basically a researcher who specializes in economic theory, but particularly social economics, and in particular, the concept of honesty versus dishonesty. He's got a great documentary on Netflix called Dishonesty, The Truth About Lying, and I highly recommend you watch it. It'll just blow your mind. And he came up with this term called fudging, which is essentially we all have this identity, uh, identity in our mind of being a good person. I've worked with hardened criminals. I've worked with people who uh, harm people for a living. And time after time again, they told me basically I'm a good person. And then, of course, I see this coming through even more clearly with people-pleasers and nice guys and regular folk. They say, you know, underneath whatever it is that I do, I'm a good person, I'm an honest person, and so on. 
And the trouble is, being a good person and being an honest person aren't necessarily the same thing. And there are some pretty decent people out there who still regularly engage in acts of dishonesty. They don't do it to cause malicious harm. They don't even do it for their own gains. They just do it to avoid certain things, which we'll talk about in detail today. But the, the, the key here is you can't be both a good person and a dishonest person. Your brain really struggles to integrate those two concepts. You can be good and honest, or bad and dishonest, but you can't be a mixture of good and dishonest. So your brain is really invested in being a good person, and so when it sees your dishonesty, it kind of goes to work to fudge that dishonesty, to give you these stories that allow you to gray the area between truth and untruth. So that you can get away with being deceptive without realizing that you're that you're doing it, and without losing this "I'm a good person" story that you love to tell yourself, which is different from the "I'm not good enough" story. That's a separate thing. That people can simultaneously have "I'm a good person" story with "I'm not good enough." It usually comes across as a kind of life is unfair type thing. Like I'm a good person, life should be better to me, but it's not because I'm not good enough, and so on. So don't be confused by thinking, "Hey, but I think I'm not good enough all the time. I have these self-worth issues." You can still have those and think of yourself as a good person. Often you'll think of yourself as as unfairly done by. Right. So this is one of the things that, like I said, people pleasers share this with hardened criminals. The I'm basically a good person, therefore I'm honest. I had plenty of examples. Like I'd work with, I'd work with some of the. Most predatory sex offenders, just guys who had done the most ruthless, disgusting, and immoral acts, and they'd always have the story said, "Well, yeah, I do it, but I only do it when X, Y, and Z happens." And this is basically where saying I am underneath it all a good person. I do these horrible acts, but I wouldn't have to if I wasn't victim to these circumstances that I've made up in my head. And I especially notice this with actually dishonesty offenders, as they're called, like people who steal. They say I have to steal because, or I'm allowed to steal because, and they're able to separate the good, honest person they see themselves as from their, you know, very dishonest, um, harmful, and quite intentionally bad behaviour. You can see this with high-level CEOs and executives with their white-collar crime, and you can see it with the basic car thief. Say, so, look, I wouldn't do it if. Everyone else wasn't doing it, or if I wasn't broke, or if、uh, the man hadn't fucked me over, and so on. So we all do this, and people pleasers they'll have a different story if they're not criminals, but the the functionality of that story is the same. The process of guilt removal, so you can get away with lying without losing the good person identity that you're so attached to. You know that's the same for all of us. So the first lie is the most important lie to pick up on. That is. The lie that you're an honest person. Now I'm going to challenge that lie right now. I want you, for those of you who are listening, they still think, "Well, I'm still basically an honest person. I, I don't think this applies to me." I want to see if you can survive these three filters. First one: exaggeration. Have you ever, or do you, on a regular basis, add flavour to the truth to make it sound more interesting,、uh, more funny? More relevant, more cool, more captivating, more something. Do you exaggerate stories, and do you also 
remove parts of the story that might undermine the key point, that might make you look bad, that might distract from the impressiveness of the story, and so on. Do you ever do that? Because that's a form of deception. So imagine you get through that barrier. It's like, yes, I've never added any flavor to any particular truth that I tell. I just give it in its raw detail. I don't try to flare it up or hide parts or make it funnier or make it more interesting or exaggerate in any way. So you can get through that filter. What about false agreement? False consent? False compliments? Have you ever pretended to agree with something that you disagree with? Have you ever held silent when someone really stands steps over your boundaries? Have you ever consented to go ahead with a plan that you didn't really feel was a good idea? And in this one in particular, have you ever complimented someone just to make them feel better and you knew the compliment wasn't an accurate description of how you feel? Have you ever told someone they're good at something when you don't actually think they're good at something? Or that they look great when you don't actually find them attractive? Have you ever done that? Because those are all forms of lies too. So make no mistake, they may not be big lies in terms of the harm they cause, but they are lies nonetheless. They do not fall on the honesty spectrum. So let's say you manage to get through those two filters. You've never pretended to agree with something you disagree with, or the opposite, you've never pretended to disagree with something you agree with just to stand out and be in the outgroup. You've never given false compliments, you've never given consent to something you don't consent to. What about this third one? Have you ever showing yourself to be platonically motivated when you actually feel sexual. In other words, have you ever hid attraction for somebody? Have you ever been around someone you're attracted to and allowed them to think that you only see them as a friend? Or that you don't have sexual feelings towards them? Have you ever hid the fact that you have sexual fantasies about someone from them? Now, if you can get through all of these three filters, and you say, yep, never, definitely not on any sort of regular basis, then good for you. Stop listening, because you're perfect. For the rest of you, who are like me, and like anybody else, who can't quite get through all of these filters uh, for more than a couple of weeks, then start to see the deception. Start to see the hiding that you do. Because those are forms of dishonesty. And when you see how often you hide, especially a filter that I didn't actually include in my little write-up here, but hiding your intentions... Not telling someone why you're doing what you're doing. That particular one. Allowing them to think that you have other intentions to what your true cause is. You'll start to realize when you look at your life, it's full of dishonesty. It really is. I went from thinking myself as an honest person to thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm hardly ever honest. Especially when I looked at hiding my intentions, hiding attraction, making myself look better than I thought I actually looked. When I saw how often I did that, Especially when I looked at, you know, offering help that I didn't want to give. When I looked at how often I exaggerated a story. How often I felt some sort of desire towards something or someone and didn't share that desire with anyone. You know, it was daily. It really was daily. And what I noticed after I first started noticing this was how I was able to do this without seeing it. And that's when I identified something that I'd call justified deception. So this is where I started to notice myself have a trend where in certain situations, there'd be this kind of storytelling process in my head that allowed me to be deceptive, to hide the truth, and sometimes even outright lie. 
and yet not be able to see that I'm doing it, and to totally maintain my good slash honest person identity. And where I saw justified deception happen most was in the realm of confrontation. And this is where I see it happen for most. Now, confrontation isn't just about having arguments. Confrontation comes in many forms, and there's three particular forms that I want to identify today that you may relate to and that I see come up so often for the people pleasers and nice guys that I coach. The first form of confrontation is rejection. So this is the number one reason people do not express attraction, is they don't want the other person to be uh, unlikely to reciprocate. So people are very unlikely to express attraction in any sense, and they're even more so when they don't think the other person feels the same way, when there's no green light, there's no kind of guarantee or hint at success. So that's a, that's a, that's a very common form of hiding. Asking for what you want directly is another one. People are often kind of passive and indirect. Instead of asking your boss for a promotion, you kind of just show off in front of the boss, hoping that he'll offer one. There's a kind of hinting that you want something done in a passive-aggressive way rather than asking someone to do it. You see this in relationships all the time. It's kind of like, oh, I wish the dishes were done when I got home, instead of saying, hey, can you do the dishes when I get home? And anything that shows out-group preferences, you know, just showing that you're interested in something that the rest of your group you know for sure is not interested in. I've had an interesting uh, experience throughout my life, which is I do not enjoy tomatoes or cheese. Those two particular foods are just, ugh, I just think they're disgusting. And I'll actually have people react emotionally to me disliking them, even though it has absolutely no impact on their life whatsoever. I'll even tell them if they're cooking lunch, hey, cook it however you want. If there's something I don't like about it, I'll pick it out. You just do you, you know. But people still get a kind of an offended reaction to me disliking these foods because I'm not part of the group. Once I dislike something that the rest of the group likes, they're automatically kind of triggered into seeing me as potential enemy material. You can see this reaction happening in them. So that's any form of rejection, you know, any form of rejection is what we consider to be a confrontation, and that's one of the ones we'll justify, we'll say, I won't say this or express this feeling because it's going to get me pushed out of the group, and I just don't need that right now. There's a kind of story like that, this person will dislike me back and it's somehow bad for my life, so I just won't do it this time. And because you don't see yourself as outright lying, like pretending to do something, you say, well, it's not technically lying if I just hide a thought. But of course, that's the most important thought you're having. It's the most clear thought, the most clear feeling, the most accurate piece of truth about yourself that you're hiding. So you wouldn't have to go through this justification process if it wasn't a big deal. The second type of confrontation is emotional disharmony. This is a very common one that I see in my clients, but they don't see it. Rejection is one they can relate to. They're like, yeah, I don't want to get rejected. But emotional disharmony isn't quite one that they have words or language for just yet. And this is where you predict a reaction in either the other person or yourself that will be emotional in a way that you're ashamed of. Now what I mean by that, let's say I'm ashamed of anger, then I will avoid any situation that will make them or me angry. If I'm ashamed of sadness, I'll avoid upsetting people or giving them bad news, uh, or avoid receiving bad news myself. 
If I'm ashamed of confusion, I won't bring up anything I'm not certain of, and so on and so on. And so we get this kind of keeping certain emotions out, and the number one emotion that we are most ashamed of is guilt. So the most common form of dishonesty that we're aware of, of course, is trying to avoid getting caught doing something bad. And quite often we'll actually get guilt over something that doesn't breach any of our own values, but upsets somebody else. We get what I call socially conditioned guilt. And this is the kind of emotional disharmony and confrontation that we are most likely to avoid. So I might give someone a false compliment. To avoid telling them a truth, a judgment I have about them that I know will upset them. Because I don't want the guilt of seeing myself as the cause of them being upset. I've taken responsibility for the way they feel now, even though it's not my job. And that res responsibility comes with a pressure of, of not kind of breaching this imaginary agreement. So now I have to keep them happy, or otherwise I'll feel guilty. And this is, this is one of the most common sort of shame barriers I see to people being truthful. They don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. And they think they've got a story that says it's a good idea to be dishonest if it avoids hurting someone's feelings. Even though they might have clear evidence that sometimes you need to hurt someone's feelings because if they don't get their feedback, they're going to keep sabotaging their own life. So you have to tell yourself a story to avoid the evidence that, hey, being truthful is actually more helpful for someone in the longer term. It's just easier for you in the shorter term if you're not. And the third type of confrontation is what I'd call position or resource vulnerability. So in simple terms, this is where you're worried that telling the truth will actually make you lose your job or lose a relationship, lose money, lose property of some kind. And this, I see this most commonly occurring when the situation that you're trying to keep was built on a lie in the first place. So, for example, if you're in a job where you've never really truly been yourself, like you're different in front of your boss than you are in front of your best friend, which is most people, and you kind of fudged your resume a bit or you hyped yourself up at the job interview, you set yourself up now in this kind of position where you never feel safe with your job. You're scared that a truth about you will come out and destroy everything. Like when I worked at Corrections, uh, I never really revealed that I had a history of using drugs recreationally. And so it was this thing in the back of my mind that was constantly waiting to kind of sabotage my position there. And so you're trying to keep something that's built on a lie. And that's often where justified deception happens. You're like, I need this job. I need this relationship. And your need for that thing that you manage to convince yourself that you can't live without, even though, of course, you spent much of your life living without it, that's that allows you to tell yourself a story as like, it's okay to hide this thing. You often give it a label, you like say, I'm being professional, you know, or I'm being courteous, or I'm being polite, when in reality you're just fucking lying, right? Most of the time, the, the vague story you tell yourself, or sell yourself, I should say, to avoid acknowledging that you're being dishonest, to avoid these confrontations from happening, isn't anywhere near the truth. And what I mean by that is so often you'll tell yourself a story that's kind of vague. You don't really hear the story being said out loud very often. But it's just a pressure inside your mind almost. And the story will make it sound like if you are honest in these confrontational ways, your life will fucking fall apart. It won't just be a minor blip in your day. It will be this huge, earth-shattering fucking destructive force. 
It's amazing how quickly your brain can catastrophize, as my old coach used to say, where suddenly just asking someone out isn't just going to be them saying no. It's going to be everyone in the world laughing at you, you never having friends or a partner ever again. You have to move city and change your name. Like your brain just makes this massive fucking story out of it, as if you're about to do something that is absolutely life-changing. And it scares you off doing it, doesn't it? You think, I can't, I can't stand up for my, to my boss, you know, for his kind of confrontational bullying, because I'll lose my job, and then I'll lose all my money, and then my family will reject me for being a loser, and then I'll have to end up living in a ditch somewhere. You know, this kind of extreme thing, like, I'll actually die if I do this, kind of moment happens inside your mind. Use these extreme hypothetical situations to justify the most minor bullshit lying. And you don't even see this process happening most of the time. Sometimes it happens really open. Sometimes it will actually happen in conversation with someone else. You say to your other workmate, should I stand up to the boss and the workmate will buy into your bullshit? Like, no, no, my God, he'll never take it well. You know, you've got to hide what you think sometimes. I mean, it's just being professional. Think about your career, you know. Sometimes it'll be this really uh, overt conversation. And other times it's just this kind of push inside your head. Like you're trying to... Like you're trying to walk and someone's holding you back. You don't even really have a story in your head. It's just a resistance to being honest. A kind of a pause, a hesitation that happens just long enough to delay the window of opportunity, you know, to just make sure that you get out of that situation before you can be honest. And then afterwards it will say, well, it's over now anyway. Everything in between on that spectrum. And it's interesting because I, I mean, I spend the vast majority of my work, debating honesty with people. And I often get these very extreme hypotheticals thrown at me as justification for being deceptive. So when I challenge people about being deceptive, they'll start throwing these big things at me, like one of my favorites is, what if it was World War II and I was hiding Jews in my basement and Nazis came knocking at the door? So what, should I just tell them that I have the Jews hiding here? Or I, I have another more modern-day one where people say, well, what if someone asked me for my my PIN code for my bank card? You know, what if they asked me where I hide my jewelry? These kind of hypotheticals, not only are they so extreme and so fucking unlikely to happen, but they're also absolutely not representative in, what so, in any way whatsoever from the regular daily lying that you're actually doing. I mean, how often are you being asked where the Jews are hiding? How often are you being asked for your bank account details? Very fucking rarely. Hopefully never. But how often are you hiding attraction? How often are you preventing someone from feeling guilt or sadness? How often are you trying to keep your job instead of being honest? That happens a lot, and yet very few people throw those situations at me. Now, why do they throw the extreme hypotheticals at me and not the real daily situations? Because deep down they know that those daily situations aren't going to hold up to scrutiny. Especially when you're talking to someone like me, right? They know that if they say, well, I lied to my boss about this thing, that within five minutes I'm going to pull apart their argument justifying that. But I'm going to struggle more to pull apart the argument about hiding the Jews and whatever. So there's a big difference between hiding Jews and hiding your pingo versus telling your mum that you didn't love the birthday gift she gave you or disagreeing with your boss, or asking out someone who you're not sure likes you, right? Big, big difference. 
And if you're still hanging on to those extreme hypotheticals, clinging to them as a way to say, well, see, now I must be dishonest, and giving yourself that out, giving yourself like the fertile soil to plant a lie in, what I would say is, if you really don't know what integrity looks like when you're hiding Jews, or when someone asks for your bank code, then you're fucked, right? And the thing is, I have a bit more faith in you than that. I'm sure if you were hiding Jews, you'd know the difference between a little white lie and a big lie that's required to uphold a greater truth, that Jews are, you know, uh, not supposed to be terminated. If you can't figure out that situation, then there's no hope for you. And the thing is, you know that. You know that if someone comes up to you and asks for your PIN code, you're not going to give it to them, and you're not going to feel guilty about lying, and you won't need to justify that situation to yourself, because the greater integrity is, you know, protecting your money. But in the situation where you didn't tell that girl that you liked her, or you didn't tell your boss that you're uncomfortable with the uh, impromptu massages he gives you, or that, you know, the taxi driver who just spouted a bunch of shit that you don't agree with. You know, those times where you hide that stuff, you have to tell yourself a big story about those ones. There's no instant integrity recognition about those ones. You have to justify, you have to say, well, I had to because X, Y, and Z. Just like a thief does about stealing your car, and just like a sex offender does about harming a child, you tell yourself a story to get rid of the guilt. So here's the real thing, the difference between honesty and truthfulness. It's truthfulness, no story required. No justification required. Honesty can be like an iceberg, where the tip of what's truthful is shown, but a mass of it is hidden under the surface. And because what's coming out of your mouth is honest, you call yourself an honest person. But when you're hiding the truths that really count, the things that will make big changes in your life because they really represent who you are deep at the core, that's, you know, that's when honesty and truthfulness is a bit different. So honesty means that what you say is accurate, but it's politically motivated, careful sharing. You only share what's going to be safe to share, and you don't go any further than that. What you share might be truthful, but you hide a mass of truth under the surface. Now, we all hide truth. Because we just don't have the time of the day to say every fucking thought that comes into our head or express every feeling or belief all the time. We wouldn't get anything done. But the careful choosing of what you share is the moment of truth, you might say. If there's a big thing in your mind that's really important and you choose not to share it, then you are choosing dishonesty. Truthfulness means you express the important truths whenever they arise, and as soon as they arise. Your desired outcomes are sacrificed to maintain your integrity. You're willing to lose your job, lose the relationship, lose some money, get rejected, have some emotional disharmony, rock the fucking boat. Shit happened. So that you can walk away with your integrity. You've already, you're willing to pay the price. And particularly when it comes to sharing how you truly feel about something that's important to you. That's where most dishonesty happens. The things you like, the things you dislike. When those things are really strong in your head, choosing to hide them is dishonesty. So most people who consider themselves honest are really icebergs. They're hiding the mass of their honesty under the surface, and you know this because you interact with them every day. Anybody who seems friendly and polite and happy all the time is full of shit. <laughs> they must be. Because they're experiencing a range of human emotion, they're only showing you the tip of the iceberg. 
Anybody who seems overly agreeable and laid-back, easygoing. There is nobody with a human mind who's really easygoing. The human mind's far too complicated and dark and fucked up to allow that to occur. So they must be lying at least to themselves to make that situation happen. And odds are, they're kind of like, when we look at it as like a duck on a pond, you know, serenely floating by, looks effortless. If you look under the water, you'll see those little legs paddling away like crazy. That's how most people interact socially. They show this kind of calm, easy thing on the surface, and underneath it, they're working hard at their strategies, very political, very careful. That kind of honesty isn't really honesty at all. It's just giving you what you need to see. It's a form of camouflage. Most of the truth is hidden. How do you know which one you are? You know, if this is all happening subconsciously, how would you know if you're really being honest? Or if you're selecting the truth very, very carefully and not realizing that you're doing this? Well, one way, it's very simple. How controversial is your life? If you're without conflict or confrontation for a sustained period of time, you know, weeks or months, if you're socially comfortable and no major flare-ups are happening, then you're probably political with your honesty, which means you're deceptive. There's no way someone can be 100% truthful and have a drama-free life. It doesn't really work that way. Uh, you can be unaffected by the drama. That's a topic. That's another topic altogether. But in particular, if no one's reacting negatively to you, emotionally to you, if you're not hearing the word no to what you want, if you're not putting certain things at risk to maintain your integrity on a regular basis, then you're probably at very least being politically honest, and it, and most likely you're actually outright lying, at least some of the time, and you just don't see it. Your ancestors, they needed this dishonesty to survive. The very reason that you're fucking alive today is because your bloodline was good at lying. It's as simple as that, and it was fucking necessary. In tribal times, if you couldn't fit in politically, you were ostracizing and you weren't able to breed and you fucking die an early death. Don't hate on the fact that you're dishonest now. You're simply carrying on a legacy. The problem is we no longer live in a world where that legacy is required. You do not need to lie to get along these days. You just think you do because we've been carrying on the lie. You know, if you look through human history, so much of our political structure is based on a lie. I mean, we, we still swear on a Bible in court in most countries. There's still a huge religious influence in policy and in state. We're raised in a situation where certain lies are applauded. We think it's okay to, to pretend to kids that Santa Claus comes down the chimney and delivers presents. We don't realize, of course, that once the kids find out and get ridiculed at school for still believing it, that they distrust their parents. We have to overlook that. We've been shown a lot of signs that being dishonest to survive politically is no longer the best way forward. And yet we keep doing it. But you can't beat yourself up for continuing to do this. You are conditioned to believe what you're conditioned to believe. Hope, I'm hoping, if you're still listening to this podcast, that you're willing to challenge that conditioning. You're allowed to be dishonest. I want to make that very clear. It's your life. You don't have to do what I tell you. You fucking shouldn't. You should do what you tell you to do. Just don't lie to yourself about it. Or you'll never really know who you are. Because the really dark truth that comes from all these so-called minor lies or white lies or hidden honesty or so, whatever you want to fucking call it, is that after a while the line between performance and reality starts to blur. I experienced this in my own life, and it was 
the significantly most painful thing that's ever happened to me is one day I kind of woke up and realized I didn't know the difference between my performance and who I really was anymore. I was such a nice guy people pleaser with all these forms of deception to avoid confrontation that I didn't even know what I liked or disliked properly anymore. I'd go to an event that I thought I liked and not feel excited. I'd go through something I kind of thought I disliked and not feel upset. I had no idea what I really wanted, how I really felt, because I spent so much time playing the part. I was a method actor, and eventually the role and the authentic self got merged and lost. Now, the first thing I started doing was being honest with myself, giving myself permission to continue being a people pleaser or a nice guy or whatever, those deceptive strategies, but to be honest with myself about those strategies. You know, to journal, hey, today I pretended to like something because I didn't want person X to dislike me. To at least let myself see what was really happening and to allow myself to experience genuine guilt. What I call authenticity guilt. The guilt you get from not being honest. Which is different from socially conditioned guilt, which is the guilt you get from your honesty hurting someone's feelings. There's two types of guilt. They often get confused. You can be really loved socially and still feel guilty because you're not living with integrity. And you can be hated socially feeling guilty about how everyone hates you, but still love yourself because you, you know, you stood by what you believe in. So the first lie you need to kill is a lie to yourself. Now you can spend the rest of your life being deceptive and manipulative if you want. There's, there's no real proof that that's a bad way to live. It's up to you. It's kind of a moral decision. For me, I decided I didn't want to live that way anymore because it killed my ability to connect with other people. You can't connect with someone that you're lying to. It's as simple as that. If you want to have a real relationship with someone, or friendship, or whatever, if you want to have a career where you get to be yourself, lying cannot fit into that, that whole concept. If you want to have these real things in your life, you have to be real. It's very simple. If you don't want to be real, that's fine. Be dishonest. Just accept the consequences. Accept that that means everything will be superficial and fake and hard work to maintain. If you're willing to pay that price, then pay it. That's fine. Just don't lie to yourself. At least know who you are. No one else does. And choose consciously which one you're going to be. Do you want to be a comfortable person who doesn't provoke reactions by remaining political? Or do you want to be an honest person of integrity? Because you absolutely cannot be both. You cannot even have a mixture. You're either one or the other in any given moment. You cannot be deceptively honest. You cannot be manipulative, manipulatively a person of integrity. You either fully let go of outcomes and just let the truth out, let rip, or you hide and moderate the truth, a.k.a. you be dishonest and enjoy the comforts that come with that. Now, at first it will be hard to know which is which because you're, I'm a good person, public relations mechanism that you got going in your head is strong and it's subconscious. You won't even see yourself being dishonest because this method is of self-deception so quick that by the time it's happened, uh, by the time it's kind of present in the conscious awareness, you don't even see it happening. This is why you got to journal. you got to spend a little bit of time every day going back over your behavior. Once you're out of the moment and you no longer have your social fears and you're no longer trying to avoid confrontation. There's no risk to look at it truthfully. Have another look at it. And go, the way I behaved today, 
which parts were honest and which parts were an act. Where was I just like unhesitating in my truthfulness and where did I kind of sugarcoat and moderate and hide and even outright lie? Just notice this happening each day. It took me a lot of time, a lot of uh, backwards viewing for me to see these lies because I, I mean, I didn't even realize that helping someone who didn't ask for help was a form of dishonesty. It's so subtle. But of course, I'm pretending I want to help someone who doesn't even need it just so I can be depended upon, you know, just so my good person image gets spread around. I'm not really doing it because I'm interested in doing it. Having a look at things every day is a huge part of this. And then redemption. If you really decide, you know what, no, I want to be a person of integrity. I don't want to be a manipulative liar. I want the honest thing. Then you can redeem yourself. You might not be able to catch yourself in the moment. A lie can slip out very easily. It still happens to me on a pretty regular basis. I'll just catch myself after I've lied going, damn, that wasn't quite true. I, didn't, I don't know how that got past me. But what I can do is then go to the person that that happened with and tell them about it. I might be explaining a point to my girlfriend and my secret intention is to convince her rather than just express myself truthfully, you know, kind of moderating the truth a bit to make it sound more uh, convincing. And then what I can do is actually stop myself and go, wait, you know what I just told you? I'm just, I, I just realized I'm trying to convince you instead of just letting you make up your own mind. So ignore what I just said, you know. All I can say is I feel this way and it's driving me to try and manipulate you. I can say stuff like that to my girlfriend. I often do. And this way it's redeemed. This way I've neutralized the potential harm to our connection that the lying has done. Got us back to zero, sort of thing. And you can do this too. You can do it days or weeks after the event. Go and make up for all the, uh, all the lies that you've told. So that's my thoughts on it. That's the difference between being honest and really speaking the truth. That's my thoughts on the big lie you tell yourself. And uh, as I always say, if you're looking to really make an honest life and you're not sure how to go about it, you want some guidance from someone who's been through it, dan at brojo.co.nz, get in touch, and I'll see how I can help you, whether it's just with resources or full-on coaching or something in between. But uh, yeah, I recommend you go out there, do a bit of journaling, and see how honest are you really, and come to a clear decision on how honest you want to be, and make your peace with that decision. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you all again next time.